0: The Sky's Embrace, Chapter 3, Smoke on the Horizon The breeze caressed his face, and he closed his eyes briefly enjoying its touch. Captain on deck! Jamal Balko's eyes sprung open, his back stiffened, and his expression hardened. He didn't necessarily scowl per se, but it would not do for a man of his station to openly bask in the breeze. Appearances must be maintained. The crew busied themselves about their various tasks of securing ropes, scrubbing the deck, and the like. Baco's practiced eyes noted that they went about their actions a little too fervently. More than a few, not so subtly glanced in his direction. He suppressed a smile. Far be it from him to call out his crew for trying to look busy when their captain was in view. He looked past them at the ship itself, the maiden's arrow. The canvas of the forward and aft sails ballooned outward as every inch of their surface caught the wind. From his angle by his cabin door, Baoko could glimpse the tips of the wingsails over the ship's sides. His gaze shifted, as it always did, to the continental branch to the west. Across the span of empty sky was the border of the Katani Empire. Memories decade gone haunted his vision as images of violence and wanton destruction flashed before his mind's eye. Balco briefly wondered, as he so often did before, if he would ever be able to stare across that void and not see the sights of his regrets. Then, as he had often done before, he dismissed the imagery of his misgivings to the side as he attended to matters at hand. They stepped as ordered but always stood on the periphery of his thoughts. Bako bore their attention with the strain of a workhorse used to the burden of of its plow. He gritted his teeth and glanced up at the Valenthal flag. Bako's jaw clenched as he silently recounted his oath of allegiance. In response to his silent pledge, his peripheral regrets took several more steps back. Many of his countrymen worshipped the parent gods, but few were as faithful to their beliefs as Baco was to his king and country. He reined his attention to matters at hand and headed for the port side stairs, flanking his cabin door. A few of the sailors stopped mid-task to snap off salutes. He saluted back as he passed them. Gentlemen. He climbed the stairs at the top of the aft castle that served as bridge on the ship. From his new vantage, he saw some of the crew from the lower deck adjusting the lines on the port side to horizontal sail. A sailor with a safety line trail behind him had climbed out on the horizontal mast where the triangle shaped sail had gotten tangled on its end. With knees straddling the beam, the sailor tugged the length of canvas free and unfurled it. Once he heaved it free, the crease folds of the wingsail ballooned outward, unrestrained. Balco felt the slight shift of the wind's momentum beneath his feet. The sailor stood up and turned, and Bako saw it was Eyo. Ayo noticed Bako watching him and snapped off the salute at the top of the mast. Bako <laughs> blinked in surprise, then burst out laughing, and saluted the young man back. Ayo grinned as he walked back across the horizontal mast, to the lower deck of the ship. Bako turned to the bridge, shaking his head, chuckling. He looked at the other three men that occupied the two stations of the aft castle. His second command, Lieutenant Daniel Akeen, was conversing with Alistair Bromont, a squat, heavily muscled man who grasped the handles of the ship's wheel with massive hands. On Bromont's thick shoulders fluttered Spritz, a green-skinned pixie. Her wings flapped lazily and flashed a myriad of colors as she dreamed. Bromont ignored her proximity to his face as he listened to whatever murmured instructions Akeen gave him. Bromont nudged the lieutenant and nodded in Bako's direction. As Akeen turned, Bromont called out, Captain on the bridge? He, Akeen, and a third young man, Isaac Jolovich, at the back of the bridge saluted. On Bromont's shoulders, Spritz popped up clearly startled. She took to the air and buzzed around Bromont's head. Her wings flashed in a series of reds and oranges. Bako watched her flight for a moment before he returned their salutes. As you were, gentlemen. He looked at Akeen. Lieutenant? Captain, said Akeen with his typical gravelly tone. Lieutenant Akeen was a stocky man who was half a head shorter than Bako. He wore a standard valenthral sailor uniform with a simply-made officer vest draped over his shoulders. His attire marked his humble origins. Unlike most of the sailing guild officers Bako had encountered in his long career, Akeen had risen to officer status through an atypical field commission. Everything he learned about sailing cloud ships was won through diligence and hard work. It was an opportunity he would have unlikely achieved in the interior lands of the Valenthral Kingdom based on appearance alone. Baco's gaze slipped past Akeen's distorted features to the young officer's keen eyes. Most of Akeen's face and a good portion of his body looked like melted wax. It was a painful token he was cursed with after surviving a house fire as a lad. What was unusual about his scarring was a hand-shaped print across his face where his skin was normal. Bako had never learned why he had such distinctive markings, and a keen never offered. Bako said, You requested my presence? I did, sir. The lookout spotted smoke on the horizon. Smoke Bako scanned the horizon. He did not notice anything amiss, and admittedly his eyes weren't what they once were in his prime. Where? Akeem pointed off ahead of the current trajectory. Right there, sir, in the middle of that patch of sunlight. He handed Bako his spyglass, who raised it to his eye. The scenery jumped into focus. It took only a moment for Bako to find where his second indicated. A stream of gray smoke rose in what appeared to be a clearing of several leagues ahead. Without taking his eye away from the spyglass, Bako commented. That's quite a bit of smoke. Looks to be at least a few hours old, though. Akeem nodded. That's what Spider thought, too, sir. Bako grunted. Master Spindell would know better than most. He lowered the spyglass, still covering and still surveying the general direction. I don't believe we've had any storms out this way even in the off chance the storm descended from the higher branches before sinking into the western abyss. I don't think that it would have escaped our lookout's attentions. Agreed, said Akin. Zafani would have also likely felt something and alerted us. Bako pursed his lips and merely grunted. Bako noted their positioning and calculating their travel time. It's pretty close to the king's road, a keen, scarred eyelids shot up. McSteed's branch. Bako nodded. We should consider this smoke might be a sign of some kind of trouble. You think raiders? Bako shrugged. It's possible. It would have to be a significant force. McSteed's ranch is larger than some townships I've known. Could be foul creatures of some sort. He shook his head. It could very well be nothing. Nonetheless, we should investigate with due haste. Aye, Captain, I agree, said Akeen. Besides, Bako said casually, it has been a week or so since we drilled the crew in combat maneuvers. A slow smile spread across McKeen's misshapen face. Aye, Captain. Bako's expression was still grim, but there was an unmistakable twinkle in his eye. Made the preparations, Lieutenant. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Sky's Embrace. If you're interested in other works by Christopher Chansey, feel free to check out his website at ChristopherChansey.com or consider supporting him at Patreon.com slash Christopher Until next time, keep your eyes to the sky.